Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. The sermon text is the Gospel reading, the Beatitudes, the Blessingtudes. Maybe see them. In the name of Jesus. Jesus says blessed, not once, not twice, but uh, how many times? Nine times in the Gospel reading, uh, blessed is a biggie deal for our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. But are we on the same page with Jesus? What is a blessed life for you and me? If I had this you know, big honking piece of construction paper, and I put it up on the wall over there, and, and I asked one of you, or how about all of you, to put on the wall the things that make for a blessed life, what would make your list? What would make my list? A good family, a happy marriage, obedient children, the Lions winning the Super Bowl? <laughs> yeah, Jesus come back first, okay? I'm just telling you. Come back first. And then we're all winners, so who cares? Yeah. Uh, a high-paying job. A thriving congregation. Oodles and oodles of vacation time. The Republicans winning. The Democrats winning. When we think of a blessed life, so often we think it's a life of ease, being the big cheese, no suffering from any disease and dis-ease, and getting whatever we please. And no, 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 that's not the blessed life. That's what Jesus says this morning, dear friends. How about today? We put ourselves in the gospel reading right there on top of the mountain with Jesus and his disciples. Let's put ourselves right in this reading, dear friends. Matthew 5, 1. Seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him. Jesus plops down. And you, yes, you know where to find him. You came to this place called grace. Heaven touches down here at 303 Ruth Street. Heaven is a place on earth. And you need not fear that JC is near, for he has gospelly good news to share with all of us here. Matthew 5, 2, And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, When Jesus opens his mouth, the Father's heart is opened to us all. A heart that is drawn to the disturbed, the messed up, the muck and the yuck, a heart that gives and gives and gives blessings upon blessings. More blessing than we could ever deserve or pray for 
or imagine. So we shouldn't be surprised that when Jesus teaches for the first time in the Gospel of Matthew, his first teaching, the, 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 the Beatitudes, the blessing-tudes, blessed are you! Yeah, you, I'm looking, I'm looking at y'all. Blessed are you. I'm blessed too. The blessed life, dear friends, isn't in the future. It isn't out there. The blessed life is right here, right now, today. Rejoice and be glad. In the waters of holy baptism, we were put into Jesus' blessed life. There is no blessed life apart from Jesus, and you are not separate from him. I'm not either. We are togethered with Jesus, enjoying this blessed life with him. And it's a blessed life that is filled with the unexpected. So many surprises. Ain't anything American about it. No apple pie, hot dogs, fireworks, baseball, Chevrolet. <laughs> None of that makes a Jesus list. For the blessed life, okay? Dear friends, today we remember all the saints. The saints above, yeah, but especially the saints here below who are living Jesus' blessed life today. Right here, right now. A life of humbleness, helpfulness, and hope. Humbleness, humbleness, helpfulness, hopefulness. Yeah, we can uh, categorize the blessingtudes, the beatitudes, into three sets. We'll go through them together. First, the beatitudes of humbleness, which give us eyes to see our spiritual poverty. Yeah. The first four Beatitudes, they humble us. They land us right in the dirt. Bring us right to the ground. After all, the word humble, the word humility, is derived from the word for humus, soil, dirt, ground, this first set of Beatitudes, the Beatitudes of humbleness, well, they drive us right to our knees. They get us right on the ground without any place to look for help but, 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 but up. And so we cry out, Lord, have mercy upon us. That is the beggar's prayer. Beatitude number one reduces all of us to beggar status. We are all beggars. This is most certainly true. Matthew 5, 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, Jesus ain't speaking about financial poverty, <laughs> but rather spiritual poverty. Blessed are you who are spiritually bankrupt, who know you can't dig yourself out of your hellacious sin debt. Blessed are you, for Jesus doesn't leave you to rot and die forever in debtor's prison. He comes to your rescue. Jesus takes upon himself all of your spiritual poverty, and he writes a check with his own blood at Calvary. And his Good Friday check 
doesn't bounce. But salvationly counts. Settling all accounts paid in full, canceled, forgiven. Yeah, you're forgiven. Released from your spiritual poverty and the consequences thereof, you are no longer on the streets homeless. You have a home. You are in the kingdom of God. And all that King Jesus has in his kingdom, he shares with, with, with you, with me. Rich. You're so rich. Richer than you even know. Same with me. I'm richer than I even know. Rich with more forgiveness than the world's sin. Rich with more peace than all that can worry us. Rich with more joy than the sorrows of this age. Rich with more life than we actually need. Beatitude number two. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. As names are read this morning, there may be a tear that rolls down your cheek. Let it roll. That's fine. We can cry. We do cry. We are those who weep with what? H-O-P-E, hope. Today's morning, M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G, today's morning, we know will give way to that last day, resurrection, Easter, M-O-R-N-I-N-G, morning. Comfort to the max on that day. We know where all of this is going. That last day, dear friends, will be one ginormous, never-ending, forever, joyful reunion. We will embrace our loved ones who have died in the faith, and it will feel so, so good. But today, we are not just crying over our loved ones who died in the faith. We are also crying over the ruins and the rubble of our lives. The addiction, depression, divorce, that fills us with so much shame. The weaknesses and the wounds that leave us feeling less than and maimed. The feuding and fighting family that can't be tamed. The elephant in the room that no one wants named. All of that, all the stuff that we deem a waste, God does not waste. All of you, the parts that you love and the parts that you just detest, all of you, absolutely all of you, is taken up, swept up into God's plan and purpose. Blessed are you who mourn over all that's bleeding and bloody and bruised in your life. For it will all be taken up. 
in the resurrection on the last day. And every tear will be wiped from your eyes, and you will see everything, everything, everything made new. Including you. That will be the great aha moment, and you'll realize how that part of, part of your life, this part of your life, was used by your God for everlasting, supernal good. That's right, out of the ashes of the old creation, our God will bring forth his new creation, which will razzle and dazzle with beauty beyond comprehension, nothing wasted, nothing wasted by our God. Beatitude number three, Matthew 5, 5. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Now the world admires those on top, the rich and famous, the movers and the shakers. You know those smiley faces on time and fortune and people, magazines. The Father's heart is not drawn to the powerful. The Father's heart is attracted to, drawn to, the powerless. The little people, the least, the last, the lowly, you and me. Blessed are you who don't get caught up in the rat race, who know that the dog-eat-dog -dog world will ultimately land people in a very, very hot place, yeah. who realize that there's more to this world than what the eyes see in time and space, who are watching and waiting with such expectant joy for God's whole new world where everything wrong will be made right by his grace. The best is yet to come. And who's the proof? Begins with a J and ends with an Jesus. Okay. <laughs> Jesus, he's the proof. Think about Jesus on the cross. In the face of the power-hungry and the blood-thirsty on the Friday we call good. Jesus doesn't go nuclear. Now, he could have just, you know, snapped his fingers and gone all scorched-earth policy on the enemies, right? Those nailing him to the cursed tree. He does no such thing. What does he do? He cries out like we heard in the intro, intro it. Father, Father, into your hands I... Commit my spirit. Jesus, on the Friday we call good trust that the Father will bring out of the messiness and the darkness and the muck and the yuck and the death of Good Friday such beauty and goodness and justice. He trusts that the Father will vindicate him. And Jesus isn't disappointed. The Father vindicates his Son. Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. He raises his Son on Easter morning, vindicating him. We will also be vindicated, dear friends, 
on our own Easter morning, on the last day, God gifting us with a new heavens and a new earth. We enjoin the land of good and plenty. God's little people enjoying such a big inheritance. What a joy that will be since the world stuff can't ultimately satisfy our deepest longings, desires, yearnings, wants. Which Beatitude number four promises. Matthew 5, 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. As we have hammered home at the Reformation service last weekend, God's righteousness, that word righteousness, means enoughness. We all yearn. This is the problem that everyone has, folks. It's universal. We all yearn to be good enough. To be enough. Let's begin there. Thin enough, happy enough, popular enough, handsome enough, funny enough, accepted enough, loved enough, influential enough, wise enough, rich enough, good enough. Now that's where we like to hunker down. The good enough category. We get so preoccupied with trying to be good enough, sweating, working hard to be a good enough spouse, a good enough parent, a good enough employee, a good enough boss, a good enough neighbor, a good enough GLC member, a good enough citizen of the US of A, a good enough Lions fan, it's hard, a good enough really pick on the lions. I'm so sorry. A good enough, you fill in the blank. In our search to be good enough, in our hunt to be good enough, we put ourselves in a hamster's wheel. Spinning, 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 never arriving, never achieving, never attaining. No more running around like a chicken with its head cut off. Blessed are you who hunger and thirst for righteousness, enoughness, God's righteousness, God's enoughness, which will fill you to overflowing with more than enough. And here at the Lord's table, you actually get to sink your teeth into God's enoughness. You get to pour down your throat God's enoughness. Because God's enoughness is, is Jesus. Here you get a foretaste, an appetizer of that feast to come where you will be empty no longer. But even this morning you get to leave the altar. You get to leave the Lord's table. Having more than enough for yourself personally, and to share communally. This brings us to our second set of Beatitudes. It's what they're all about. 
Second, the Beatitudes of helpfulness give us hearts that love without partiality. See, that first set of Beatitudes, the Beatitudes of humbleness, all about, all about mercy. Mercy, mercy, mercy. Having received not just a drip, 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 drip of mercy, we receive in that Negra Falls of Mercy, so we shouldn't be surprised with Beatitude number five, Matthew 5, 7. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are you who let go of grudges, who let go of get-evens and paybacks, who pray for the haters and the backstabbers in your life who are gentle towards everyone, who defend those being gossiped, who share, care, and burden, bear. You can't run out of this mercy. You're never on eve when it comes to God's mercy. Always more, right? Always more to receive, always more to give, always mercy. And thank God, our God, gives us this merciful heart that beats for others. As Beatitude number six promises, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Now, we can't make these hearts pure. We can't. On our own, these hearts are only about the M-E-Me, never about the W-E-We. And so we cry out, create in me a clean heart. Okay, you're not sleeping. <laughs> create in me a clean heart, O oh God. And he does it. He does it. Through the word, the word, the word, the word, the word. God scrubs these hearts for free. Cleansing them of all the selfishness of the me, filling them to overflowing with inexhaustible, unconditional love for the we. Blessed are you, yes you, who have hearts that mirror the Father's heart, who are set free from sin to serve everyone, who only want the best for the people in your life? Whose heart sees God hidden in the neighbor now? And will see God face to face in his full blast glory on the last day just wow? We want everyone to experience and enjoy that glorious sight. Without, every, without, without ever having this fearful fright. For they have already been made by Jesus right. They just don't know it yet. Which is what Beatitude number 7 gets at. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Ooh, we need, we need this uh, blessing-tude right now, don't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do. 
so much unrest and upheaval. Turn on the television and everyone is at each other's throats. Nine in ten actually expect on Tuesday violence. The rhetoric, you know how bad the rhetoric is. The rhetoric is dehumanizing, devaluing. Anyone who has a differing idea, opinion, thought, irredeemable, lost cause, no hope for that person, the other, the other party, the other party, has to be just crushed and hushed. Peace is not an option. What we see are all of these war makers, all of these war makers, and their drumbeat is filling so many Americans, and maybe even your heart, with election anxiety. This need not be, dear friends. Seriously. We don't have to lose sleep over Tuesday. We don't have to hold our breath just, you know, just waiting for the results. We don't have to be filled with all of this anxiety and worry because of Tuesday. Dear friends, the greatest victory in the history of mankind has already been achieved. Already. We were at enmity with God. His enemies. We walked out of the garden with Papa Adam and Mama Eve. We ran away from God. We treated him like the bubonic plague. We acted as though he were the enemy, the bad guy. And we thought we could do this whole God thing so much better than him. How's that going for us? He holds all the power. He holds the cards. He could have gone, you know, scorched earth policy on our butts. Wiping us out forever. He could have. He could have sent the legions of angels down and roasted us. But what do we hear? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. He loves us. We see the love of God at Calvary. Where he doesn't crush and hush you and me. He crushes and hushes his son. He strikes his son. He crushes his son with our sins. He hushes him with our death. And by his wounds we are healed. His spilled blood spells done. His blood, dear friends, signs the cosmic peace treaty between Holy God and sinful humanity, God and sinner, God and Jew, God and me, reconciled. We are no longer his enemies. We are his friends. More than that, we are sons and daughters of the Most High God. Washed into his family at the font. We're named and claimed. We are part of his family. Now we're part of the family business. And the family business is simple. Peacemaker, peacemaker, peacemaker. Blessed are you who don't write people off, who don't see them as a lost cause, who will never ever see them as irredeemable. 
who strive to live at peace with everyone, who proclaims this passion purchase peace to everyone, to all. A passion purchase peace that unites all in heaven with all on earth in this blessed communion and union that no election, no media, no politician, no divorce, no depression, no addiction, no disease, no death can rupture and destroy. Alleluia. Sadly, not everyone wants this passion purchased peace. Which brings us to the final set of the blessingtudes. Finally, lastly, the Beatitudes of Hopefulness. Give us feet that stay firm, that stay steadfast amid the pushy shovey. These final two Beatitudes, Beatitude number eight and number nine, they're two sides of the same persecution penny. Okay? Verses 10 through 12. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Living Jesus' blessed life now will not make you Mr. Popular or Mrs. Popular. Okay, so get that out of your head. Next not going to happen. There will be opposition. The servant isn't above the master. And if Master Jesus had it rough and tough, how is it going to be for servant you and servant me? Exactly. We can expect rough and tough. Pushy-shovey. Now I get it. We're probably not going to get crucified for the faith. But there will be pushy-shovey. The world will make it difficult and hard for you and for me. We'll make it, though. We will. Our Lord Jesus has already walked this blessed life ahead of us. Which is really good news for us. Because everything... We could suffer in this life. All the pushy shovey that we could face in this life. All the persecution that we could endure in this life. Jesus has already suffered and endured. And he rose from the dead. He lives. And so shall we. There are now no dead ends for you and me. None, period. Not a hair on our heads shall perish. So don't fear the pushy-shoving. Don't fear it. Don't fear it. In fact, in fact, any hate or heated debate or attacks that make us feel second-rate have been transformed by Jesus into the source of of supernal joy for you and for me. That is the surprise with Beatitudes number 8 and 9. Blessed are you who are made fun of for your beliefs, who are excluded from different events because you're just Christian. 
who work in offices and businesses that have these policies and procedures that pummel and punish you for your faithfulness, blessed are you. Rejoice and be glad. Stay steadfast. Embrace Jesus' blessed life now. After all, it is the only life worth living. The only one worth living. The saints above know this firsthand. But will the saints here below believe it? Live it? And maybe, just maybe, even have to die for it? Happy All Saints Day. Come soon, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen.